0: Hello there, welcome to Talent & Growth, the podcast dedicated to all things talent attraction and talent retention. I'm your host Paul Church, also the co-founder of the Enemo Group and today Uh, we are being joined by Peter Dignan who is the head of Piston Heads engineering and consumer engagement at CarGurus. Specifically today we're going to be talking about how to align your engineering team with our business goals. It's a really important topic around how to get everybody on the same page and working towards the same goal which actually results in a happy productive team. Um, Lots of advice from Pete, I hope you enjoyed the episode and if you are enjoying uh, talent and growth please do like us, subscribe us uh, share us with a friend, do whatever you can to keep the movement going. Hope you enjoy Pete. Here he is. Pete, welcome to Talent and Growth. How are you doing?
1: I'm very good, thank you. How are you?
0: Really good, really good, thank you. And I think, uh, as always, a great place for us to start today would be, if you wouldn't mind, just sharing a bit about your background, your journey, your career and what you do now.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll start where I am now. So I currently work at Piston Heads. Uh, My job title is quite long, it's Head of Engineering and Consumer Engagement. Um, But what that really means is I'm in charge of the engineering teams, the editorial teams and the marketing teams where I am. And I also do a bit of partnerships as well. So wearing multiple hats on multiple days, um, which can be challenging. Where where I've got to I've got to here is um, I started twenty years ago as a computer programmer did a computer science degree and I've sort of jumped in and out of different industries over that period of time so I started in education built one of the first online virtual um, courses for MBAs so allowing people to submit their coursework and lecturers work around the world um, with company uh, with University of Surrey um and i think they really liked going to nice places abroad because they put all their campuses in barbados and mauritius and stuff like that which um, unfortunately i never got to go to so i started there i then went into publishing uh, so working at haymarket where i was uh worked up as development manager eventually becoming head of architecture but working across what car piston heads where i've sort of gone back to uh, and also weird b2b titles like wind power monthly and Various things like that as well, which is very exciting. Um, working in a different space there, trying to build CMSs and APIs. I then switched industries again, went to fintech, uh, in the travel industry. Worked for Collinson. Um, so if you've got a credit card that you need to get lounge access with, uh, that company runs the rails underneath, and that was quite exciting. Working with Visa and Mastercard, trying to build APIs so that people who have the cards don't just use the benefits of the cards; they actually spend on the cards, and trying to connect all that together. And the challenge with that was it's worldwide. So trying to get things to work in China was uh, an interesting thing as well through the great Wall firewall of China. Um, and then uh, with three years ago, I sort of got dragged back to Pistonheads uh, as they got purchased by CarGurus, um, the largest online classified site in America. And what we we're trying to do is build a challenger to water trader in the UK to try and take on that bear moth with cargurus.co.uk and pistonheads.com working
0: together to capture the audience there, so that's where I am now. And give us a bit of a snapshot of what it's like working where you are right now. What's the culture like, and you know what's the business like? Uh, I think I've been very lucky because in in across all those com- companies, they've been
1: very sort of family orientated and family oriented companies. So Haymarket and Collinson are both family owned companies, both UK based. Um, but moving to Cargo, Cargo has a very similar culture. It's very kind of that family nurture orientated organization, which 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 is just lucky I've managed to land in those kind of companies because that's what I like. Um, so, so it's really, um, as a sort of tech first company from the US, uh, it's very interesting working for a US company that um, really wants to drive forward and do things really well, but what they do is it, they do tech as first and data as a second thing to just drive the whole company forward. So most people don't hear about UK in the UK because we don't do much brand advertising, we do a little bit, but we spend on performance marketing. We spend on actual things you can attribute to a sale of a car. So it's it's, it's that kind of approach which is data first, um, which which
0: works with my brain. Thank you very much for running through. And today, of course, we're talking about how to align our engineering team with our business goals. Let's break down what we mean by this.
1: Yeah, so I think I think and i'm going to go to one of those fabled stories that uh, there's a source of people people know from the past which is which is when uh, john f kennedy was walking through nasa he asked um he asked a janitor who was working late why are you working so late and he said oh, i'm sending people to the moon and really it's it's kind of about trying to align um all the people below to that single goal that you're trying to do as a business and organization um, and so that, that's kind of what we're talking about today, which is, which is how do you know that a developer who's trying to improve, and at the time of the regression suite from below or trying to increase the build uh, performance of the sort of application building, to try and go, well, how is that making a difference to my overall business? And that's, that's kind of sort of what we're gonna talk through today.
0: Gotcha, makes sense, thank you for that. And what, why is this important, both in terms of the the bigger picture and in terms of the day-to-day actions of the engineering team?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's, it's, for me, it's really around that kind of uh, understanding the purpose or singular goal of the organization. So you can make people feel they're empowered to make decisions that affect the overall company. Um, and I think that's really important to make sure everyone's empowered, everyone can have ideas across the whole organization. I think if you if you go back to that janitor at NASA now, whether that happened or not is is up to debate. actually, I'd, I'd probably believe it didn't, but it's a really good story to sort of tell. But the thing that John F. Kennedy did was when he created that NASA program, he kind of moved it from um, some lofty goals that NASA had. I think if they, their kind of goals was like um, to improve space technology to meet uh, national interest in space and to achieve preeminence in um, space for the United States or advanced science by exploring the rest of the solar system. There was like, they, they're good goals and lots of companies have those goals where they're like very ephemeral things that you want to do. And I think the, the thing that he did was then he went right, well, that's actually aim it at one thing, which is send a man to the moon and get him back safely, which actually does encompass all those goals that are around the, around the outside. Um, But it's, it's something more tangible that somebody low down like a janitor can actually understand and feel they're doing something towards it. So I think so for me, it's really important that, you know, if you're an engineer in a team, even if you're a junior developer, that you understand why you're doing something and how it's making a difference to the company, because everyone wants to make a difference to the company. They don't go to work just to. To, to earn money, I don't believe. I think everyone wants to feel valued and feel them contributing to it. So I think it's really about that empowerment of the lower individuals to know what they're doing actually makes a difference. And I think with that, you have to make it a tangible goal, which
0: they can believe in. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, as they say, and the, the Janet story is certainly a good one. So how, how do we do this? So how, how do we go about um, aligning our engineering team with our business goals? How do we do it?
1: Yeah, so so the, the, there's, there's kind of several parts. So the tricky part is really understanding what that one key thing is that your company does or that your company should measure that enables you to know how everything else is working. Um, so do several examples, like for like the airline industry. If you're in the airline industry, you would go, the one key thing that um, the organization needs to get right is to make sure our, the customers and the passengers on the plane arrive at their destination on time. That's kind of what they want to do. And if you've got every plane landing on time, customers arriving on time, that increases customer satisfaction, but you also know that everything underneath is working well. So you know that the flight plans are working well. There's no problem with air traffic control in the sky. There's no problem with turning around the plane. You've got the catering working well. You're getting the passengers onboarded really well. You're also getting the plane service so there's no planes missing. So, so I think you have kind of, This one key thing, which then you can distill down to other stuff below. Um, And in our industry, what we care about is is we care about making sure a customer can send a lead to a dealer so that they can sell that car or a private seller who wants to sell that car. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to join those two things together. So our key thing at the top is is making sure that we can increase our leads to our dealers so that they can sell cars. And that's what they want to do. And, and the way then we work on that is go, okay, well, that's our key kind of North star, let's work. What's the next thing down that we need to care about across the board? So the next thing down, we would go, well, we care about customer experience. We care about um, conversion rate whether the customers can see everything on the page, the user experience sitting there, the speed of the page. So we can start looking at that customer experience bit um, and then start putting metrics there. Then we can go down a level again and go, well, to get the page working really well, what do you need from an infrastructure point of view? So an infrastructure point of view, you need uptime. You need to make sure your APIs are performing really quickly. You then need to make sure that you've got your systems in place. Maybe costings is is appropriate for the sizing you want, because you may want to do some external marketing to push people in. And then once you've got that, you then go, well, what do I need from a sort of engineering service quality and process? So that is like, well, maybe I need to have um, a certain level of regression suite, or I need to have this speed of mean time to release because if i can release things faster then i can update the apis quicker i can experiment with a b tests quicker which means i can play with the metrics that then drives that leads up above so it's really taking that one thing and driving down the pyramid to understand all the metrics that help drive up to that top top one there so that's kind of the way i approach it and how, how i kind of do it
0: sounds like it makes sense and if you get that right um if you if you get that all right what impact have you seen or should it and should it have on accountability in the team?
1: Yeah, accountability is one of the key things we care about in, in our organization. But for me to make people feel they have accountability and they're comfortable with accountability is that they have to have ownership that they can make a change that makes a difference to it. So you can't have accountability with no ability to affect that. So I think what this does is is, is give the engineers freedom of choice. Because what you're really setting is you're setting kind of guardrails for how you should you know, improve our our site or improve the underlying things or improve the processes you need to get there. And you're saying to them, these are just the metrics you need to hit to do it. And we understand why, because why we need to improve the API speed is because we want to improve the pay speed. Why we improve the page speed is because we want to have better user experience when a better user experience ends up leads. So you understand that whole why up the case, but the engineers can then go, well, actually, let me, let me sort of look at those things. And if I see something going off, then I can then do something to counteract it. And the other, which sort of gives you whole transparency across the, across the board. And I think, you know, transparency then enables you to, you know, not have conversations where people try and hide it or conversations where people try and manipulate the data to make them look good. Because what you have agreed is how the data should be formatted and how frequently you should show that data that you don't have surprises down the end. Which, which which then empowers everybody to go oh I see this metrics moving off I need to go and put some work in to look at why that's gone off and and do that so I, so I think that's that's where it gives the accountability it allows those decision making
0: below what about motivation morale all these things which of course we know affects a happy workforce what what effect does this have on that those elements do you think
1: um well I, as I sort of said is accountability which is which is key. But the other, the other thing is you delegate down sort of uh, ownership and responsibility um, across it. And and everyone wants to make a make a difference, as I said before, in, in the business. And if you feel you're making a difference, then your morale is higher and, and you feel that you can actually influence something. And I think the challenge is, especially as um, sort of that scrum sprint mentality has come into organisations in the UK quite a lot, that you have a lot of engineers who sit there who are kind of order um, order takers, as one of my ex colleagues sort of put it, and there's a load of order makers going, here's all the stories, and we get to a definition of ready, which has like, this is how it should be, this is the acceptance criteria, off you go, just go and build that. And it sort of takes away that freedom of thought that those engineers have, because they're really just taking a ticket and just going, right, well, I'm just going to work through this and make sure it does acceptance criteria. Now, that's not the engineers I want. I'm sure there's some engineers who like doing that, but most of the engineers I talk to go, well, why can't I be involved earlier on in the process? Why can't I influence what we're trying to do um, across the board? And I think this opens up the ability to make sure that engineers can input into how we're trying to move as an organization. And that just improves morale across the board
0: because they are empowered to, to do stuff. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. And how I think we can, all, we can always make a lot of assumptions along the way, but of course data lead us back into the right direction? How do we make sure we, were u- we are using and listening to the right data?
1: Yeah, so so data is really important for this whole process. Um, as we sort of said earlier, understanding that key one metric goal is, is one element of it, but it's making sure that you have the right data below in the other part of the journey. So there's a possibility you can get started straight away, but you'll have data in loads of different reporting systems all over the place. Um, And the the key to this, really, as we talked about transparency and opening up the data, is being able to show data in a decent frequency. For us, it's daily. We like to show the results daily. But there's a level of maturity you have to go through with that data. So first, you have to understand what data you collect. You have to make sure that that data is then surfable in reports and it is given in a frequent enough way to those who, who want to consume it, who can then make it, make an action on it. And, and I think the levels levels of maturity is, is, first you sort of have this disparate sort of data source. But what you need to get to is is a sort of a centralized data collection with democratic access. So anyone can access the data and you've got it in a centralized location, which means you can then start joining up the data t- together. Um, you don't necessarily need to join the data up together, but it helps. The trick is that what you don't want is engineers to have to consume multiple reports on a daily basis to try and find um, what they want as answers to these kind of underlying metrics. So what we built, we built the ability to have the system that sends an email out every day with an engineering dashboard. On the engineering dashboard, it sort of goes through kind of the pyramid of, of metrics we have. So the top, it's really around our kind of number of leads, then conversion rate, and how, how much audience coming to site. Then you start looking at kind of the lead mechanisms, how the leads are broken up, and um, and then it goes down to some of the user experience stuff like call with vital scores, SEO rankings. And then it goes down the next level lower, which is okay number of calls we're making, or to infrastructure costs, um, to trend data. So the uh, the idea is that you then go across this board, and the engineers have now learned that they will read it every day. It comes in their morning, first thing in the morning, and they go, oh, they see some trend data going off and they all start raising it when they see the trend data going off. But the other thing on data is really important is making sure you're measuring the right data as well. There was, there was a really good case of an online shopping store, Uh, an online shopping store went and went, well, let's who's, who's our best customers. We should market more to our best customers because we make money. And they found that there's a load of customers that came in at lunch times into the shop and bought loads of clothes. And they were like, brilliant, we should do more marketing to them, give them discounts, let's increase their spend because they're our number one customers. The bit of data they didn't have was they didn't know the returns for those customers. And it turns out that those customers were returning 90 to 95% of the clothes they bought. Which then cost the company organ- money in itself. So, so you then had you had this organization which didn't have the right data because they didn't ask the right questions to make sure they covered everything, and they were making decisions based off of insufficient data. So, the other part is to make sure you have all the data you need to have to make sure you make those decisions, because because the key is once you give people data and allow them to make decisions on it, then they're driving a the way
0: forward based off that those those that data. So, it has to be complete as well. Absolutely. And I think we've, uh, so we've talked about the how, we've talked about the why. Would you be able to kind of just, I suppose, paint that picture for us and, and give us an example of, of you doing this and take, taking your team on that journey?
1: Yeah, so, so, so the journey we're on, we started probably, I'll do it with this team, we started three years ago. So, so the first part of the journey was around data, making sure we can collect data and get it into the single places we just talked about. Um, but then it was, right, okay, well, let's, let's work out that single metric, which we work out. And then it's getting the team together and going okay so we want to increase leads now how do we increase leads from a customer experience point of view and, and the real bit is getting the engineering team to come up with these metrics themselves because that creates ownership so my team will then go with team leads go right okay well let's think about the framework of what things we could do which will move that they'll come up with customer experience or audience or core vital schools or page speed or certain ux elements so they come up with those things themselves and, and as we work down, so we go from the business success layer with the team, we then work on the customer experience layer with the team and they will then say what those metrics are, we'll then go down to application infrastructure performance layer and ask what the team, what that is. And then we'll look at team velocity and quality and go, okay, what's in that area there, and then we may bring other teams in cause I have other teams. So we may go marketing audience and uplift, um, and, and look at those things. So we, so we then get the teams each individually to work through what they feel the metrics. And the key is to then go, when they come up a metric, it's, it's the five whys. I have four kids, so I'm used to five whys all the time. But they go, wh- okay, why is that important? And the answer should be the next level up. So why is, yeah, the sort of talk, API speed importance? Because it affects page speed. Why is page speed importance uh, important? Because it affects um, sort of the conversion of people using the site. And why is that important? Because it affects leads. So there should be a why all the way up through those through those things. So that's kind, of, that's kind of the journey we go through. And, and now we're kind of three, three years in, what we find is that you then get end up in, in your sort of pyramid, is you have kind of um, stretch, stretch goals and stability goals. So a good example would be something like Core Web Vitals, which was big kind of a year and a half ago. And for those who don't know Core Web Vitals, it's like an indicator score from Google search algorithm to know the sort of page B quality of the page. So we focused on that as a team because we thought it was really important, one from an SEO point of view, but also because it represents the user experience as well, which is what Google was trying to drive towards. So we set that as a stretch goal. So we said, we want to be the best in the industry for Core Web Vitals across our pages on Pistonheads. So we set that up. Now we kind of achieved it. So it now sits still in our metrics, but what we do is now what we call a stability goal. And that is that we, we monitor it, we will not do anything with it, but if it drops to a certain level, then the team will react to try and get it back up to the level. So, you, so you eventually go for this maturity level of trying to build build the template, understand those goals, put stretch goals in, and then they eventually move to stability goals, and you move new stretch goals in to sort of work on it to try and push the business forward. So that's kind of what we what we've done now with the. team.
0: Gotcha, perfect. Thank you so much. It's a really, really clear example. I think we've 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 gone through so much here. Such useful advice. Um, what final advice would you give to leaders who are looking to realign their engineering team in this manner? What would be the top line things you'd say?
1: Yeah, so so one, I would say I wouldn't limit this just to engineering teams. Um, I look across all departments. I do this with the editorial team, the market team, and I do it as a, sort of as, as a whole as well. But I think if, if you're a business leader, then I would review your business objectives to understand if you think they're tangible to somebody really low down. They're not this kind of ephemeral dream thing that sort of sits up there. And some of them are really some of them are really good and they are things you want to do, but they have to be tangible for people to work below. If you're kind of middle management and you can't actually affect those things, then I would look what in your department is your key metric that you care about and actually work work sort of down from there. So that's the first first part. The second part is it you know engagement to buy in from the engineering team is key to this. It is definitely not a top down thing to do. It is a thing for them to go I want to approve this. Tell me how you're going to do this or how you are going to measure it? Because once you get that buy-in, then you get that involvement in it and you find that there's great ideas suddenly come from teams when they're looking at certain things um, from anywhere. And it's not just a set group of people trying to come up with those ideas. You've got ideas across the team. Um, Next thing is make sure you've got a really good data engineering practice. Uh, I think the key is to have repeatable consistent data on a very frequent basis that you can surface up in whichever way you want. And that allows you to then make decisions fast. Um, and then with that, you've got to really work on kind of there's operational wastage because you could do this reporting with a load of manual CSV files or Excel files or trying to combine the stuff. So it's really making sure you operate, you're operating that in a, in a programmatic way to get there. And then last, I would say, it's really about making sure you have you know realistic and achievable measurements as well so don't know no, no s- sort of yeah pie in the sky kind of measurements Make because the team are coming up with them make sure they're bought into them make sure them, you know that smart algorithm it has to be that kind of that smart thing as well which is specific measurable they're attainable um, realistic that kind of stuff so i don't get those which enables you to, to so, so to um to get the team to buy in and then the last bit is is, is be careful what you measure and what you measure people by because it drives behavior. So make sure you want to drive the right behaviour with what you're measuring. Um, we had a great example where we're trying to measure sort of hosting costs because we if we save hosting costs we can spend it more on marketing costs. Um, so that's a really key thing to sort of drive more people in to get those leads. Um, but the team so focused on some of the, some of the hosting costs that they're looking at S3 storage and just going, oh we don't need all this storage from ages ago because it's costing loads of money. And they will start making decisions based on that. So there has to be some guardrails around to protect yourself from them deleting everything out of the system because it just saves money. So, um, so there has to be guardrails. But but what you what you measure is going to drive that behaviour. So make sure it is appropriate for what you want to do as a business.
0: Fantastic, Pete. Thanks so much. What um, what's the best way for anyone to contact you if they want to pick your brain around engineering teams or anything else at all?
1: Yeah, if you, if you want to get contact with me, just um, I'm on LinkedIn. Find me, find me on LinkedIn. Message me. Um, happy to chat to anyone about any of this stuff uh, I, I'm probably I'm quite passionate about just trying to make sure that everyone knows that they're making a difference to the business and that as a business we're making sure that we're putting the effort into things that make a difference uh, rather than just spurious things on the side or having competing priorities so so it's just kind, of, kind of key to me so if you want to reach out yeah, do so on LinkedIn.
0: Love it, thanks so much Pete, I really appreciate you being a part of Talent and Growth
1: No problem. thanks Paul for inviting me